Hello, everyone. This is the class for DAF 43, DAF Met Gimel of the book of Dvarim of Lakuti Torah in Parshas Ki Savo, Ki Tavo. Now, uh, DAF 43 starts in the middle of the discourse of Tachas Asher Varatas Hashem Kacha Besimchub Tulevav. Since you, the Jews, did not serve God, your God, with joy, with gladness of heart, you'll serve your enemies. Now, this is often cited as one indication that it is necessary to worship Hashem with a feeling of joy. Yet, it's demand of us Jews that we each develop such a level of piety that we serve God out of a feeling of heartfelt joy it seems not only unreasonable, but actually contradictory to a second verse that implies that only the righteous, only the tzaddikim, are able to attain this level. However, this matter is simple to understand, as shall become evident after a discussion of just how one may arouse this, this simcha and uh, levav, this joy and gladness of heart to begin with. Now, there are two major aspects to serve Hashem. Specifically, this is Torah and Tefillah. Each of these plays an important role in individuals developing the joy necessary for an ideal relationship with God. The role of prayer is hinted at the verse, and Avraham arose in the morning. That each one of our forefathers, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, was considered the very embodiment of a particular godly emotion. Love of God, which is Avram Avinu, fear of God, which is Yitzchak, and uh, mercy, which is uh, Yaakov. As we often find the name of one of the forefathers serving as reference also to his outstanding quality. In addition to the simple and obvious meaning, the verse in Avraham arose in the morning tells us that the best time to arouse in oneself the quality of Avraham Avinu, which is the love of God, is in the morning, at the time of the morning prayer. The idea behind this is the fact that each and every Jew, being a descendant of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, has an inherent part of his or her nature, an indistinguishable love for God which is an inheritance from our forefathers. Now this love, however, is sometimes so deeply buried within the person's soul as to be hidden and unnoticed. And in that case, is referred to in a particularly fitting analogy as sleep, that the, that the neshama is asleep. That a person's, a sleeping person's mind, even though the mind is active, it's not capable of conscious deliberate thought. Um, even though they have dreams that may represent things that a dreamer has indeed seen or knows and may even induce particular feelings within the sleeper. But he or she cannot, while asleep, exert any control over dreams or consciously think of them, think them through. The love for God hidden within the heart of each and every single Jew is also sometimes in a state of sleep and that it too does not then directly affect the person's conscious actions and thoughts. It is more like a dream, since it leaves nothing more than a mere impression on the individual who may then know deep within his or her heart that Hashem exists, and even that 
um, that the whole earth is filled with his glory, as it says in Isaiah. Yet, one remains unaffected by this knowledge to the extent that he or she still might transgress the will of Hashem. God forbid. Now, the person hasn't yet developed their innate love for God to the point where it motivates their day-to-day life. And they must wake up, arouse the sleeping love. They must become more conscious of it by deliberately thinking at length about the omnipresence of Hashem. Now, since virtually all of the morning prayer service consists of praise of God and reference to his omnipresence, lengthy reflection during prayer about what we are saying is especially helpful towards arousing this love. And this is the helpful hint that the Torah passage gives us by saying that Avraham arose in the morning, meaning that the reference to the godly love that we inherit from Avraham Avinu, it helps our soul arise from that state of slumber, specifically during the Shachar's prayer. Now, specifically, what a person should reflect upon during tefillah is the fact that everything derives its existence from Hashem. And therefore, Hashem is the only true existence. Everything in the universe is nothing more than a manifestation of Hashem's creative power. Nothing exists independently of Him. But it's more that this bringing of the entire universe in all its splendor into being does not even require any effort or action on the part of Hashem. It does not affect Hashem Himself in the slightest. A reflection upon these things naturally awakens the hidden love of God for Hashem in the heart of every single Jew, and that is why our morning prayers evolve around this subject, culminating in the climax of prayer, which is the Shema, by which we are ready to declare our unshakable belief in the unity of Hashem. And this is immediately followed by the verse, Vahavta, to love Hashem, because since proper contemplation of Hashem's all-encompassing oneness automatically results in a conscious love for Hashem, as mentioned above. This is the very nature of the Jewish soul. This natural love of Hashem can be felt by each and every Jewish person. It is built on the realization that Hashem is the only true life, which brings out a yearning in the individual to attach him or herself to Hashem, with complete devotion. However, this may be called a self-centered love, since the person yearns to attach his or her soul to the true source of his own life. It can be distinguished from a second type of love of Hashem, which is not necessarily within the reach of every single person to attain. The second kind of love has no element of self at all. A person's every action on this level is motivated by a purely altruistic desire to fulfill the will of Hashem. The worshiper wishes to be so completely united with and attached to Hashem as to lose all trace of independent existence. He or she longs for his or her soul to return to its maker and to be reabsorbed in Hashem's all-encompassing unity. This love in which the soul delights in Hashem alone is not already hidden within the Jewish soul as part of its nature. Rather, the capacity to achieve this love through contemplation of God's unity is granted by Hashem to the righteous as a reward for their efforts. Now, the yearning that we have been discussing, the yearning 
of each and every Jewish soul to attach itself to the true source of life, which is Hashem. Cries out for fulfillment, cries out to be satisfied by the person's act, the person actually attaching him or herself to Hashem. The only possible way for mortal man, a created entity, to attach him or herself to Hashem is through the study of the Torah and the performance of mitzvahs. The Torah, one may literally unite with Hashem, unity which would certainly be impossible were it not for the greatness of Hashem, great kindness of Hashem, and allowing us to achieve it through Torah. It is this attainment in the, of the innermost yearning of the soul that brings a person to an unparalleled feeling of joy and gladness of heart. The same joy that is demanded of us in the verse quoted above. Now that we understand how this joy is attained, we see that it is not at all unreasonable for Hashem to expect it of us. This is because every single Jew, no matter what his or her present level, has the power to awaken the hidden love to Hashem that's within his or her soul. And we certainly have this responsibility to study the Torah and do the mitzvahs, which study, coupled with the love and longing, which it satisfies, naturally brings a Jew to the joy and gladness of heart in question. It is the, un- is the natural joy of the Jewish soul at uniting with, with its creator, with Hashem, through Torah mitzvahs. It's this joy we call simcha shal mitzvah that is considered very important. And this joy comes to a person in two ways. The first is when immediately following morning prayers, the worshiper engages in tar study. In this case, since he or she is fresh from experiencing the heartfelt love of Hashem roused during prayer, the yearning of his or her soul for God being immediately satisfied through Torah study, this brings about the joy in an easy and straightforward manner. The second applies after the worshiper has finished praying and is already involved in his or her affairs for the day. Then even though no longer involved in holy actions like prayer, the very thought that he or she is not so close to God has brought him or herself far from him by sinning and so on, yet still gets to unite with Hashem through Torah study and mitzvah observance, brings one to rejoice after all at his or her coming back and uniting with Hashem. Either way, through this joy accessible to the average Jew, and is not to be confused with the joy experienced by the righteous who have attained the selfless love for God mentioned above, which is that higher level of, of love. This being the case, we see that there's really no contradiction between the verse and this week's Torah portion, which is Tachas Simcha in the verse in Tehillim that we quoted earlier, uh, I believe, which speaking about that, speaking about the unique level that they have reached, this implies that is the righteous who experience joy in God. Finally, to get to to get the most of one's prayers, one should contemplate beforehand just how far from Hashem he or she actually is. Also, there are three things which help to remove all obstacles to successful prayer. Immersion in a mikvah for prayer, contributing to charity and studying uh, Jewish ethical teachings called Musr in Hebrew, particularly those found 
in the classic work of the Zohar. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And that is the end of the discourse of Now we are going to move on to the next mimer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Project Lukuti Torah. Share for Daf Memdan for Daf 44. We're actually starting on Daf Mem Gimel Amidalad. The Mimer Vikramisha al Kholishal. Now, the Mimer begins, the discourse begins as follows Vikramisha al Kholishal, El Vimra Lehem Atimr Isam. The Moshe called out to all of Israel, the Jewish people, and said to them, You've seen all that Hashem has done before your eyes in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all the people of his land. So what have they seen? You saw the, the continuation of the Pesach says, the great miracles that your eyes have seen. And then, and the great signs and wonders. And then the Pesach continues, etc. So However, Hashem did not give you a heart to understand, your eyes to see, your ears to hear until this day. Now this is puzzling. Originally, he said, Atamur Isa, you have seen. And then he said, etc. That Hashem has not given you as to see his greatness until today. To understand this, must preface what's written in Bracious that that Avraham Avinu set up a hotel in Beersheva and he called it out there that the name. Of Hashem is Hashem Kale Olam. Hashem is the true existence of the world. So it's written to Helen, Ram Al-Kol, etc., that Hashem is exalted over all nations. Also says, that who would not fear you, King of all nations? Meaning that even the nations of the world call him Hashem over all supernal powers. As it is written, from the rising of the sun until setting, my name is great among the nations. However, they exist in a matter of detachment from their source in Hashem, so that they should have their own ego and independent existence. However, Avraham got up and announced the name of Hashem is that he is the God that is the true existence of the world, meaning the name of Hashem, which is Avaya, is the God who is the true existence of the world. And that it's all one thing since the world and since the world is nothing other than Hashem. It is not written, Hashem of the world, which would imply that the world has its own independent importance and existence. Hashem only gives it life. This is not the case. Rather, just like the name of a person is not part of his essence, it is just that his life force, which all comes from Hashem, is invested in the letters of his Hebrew name. As we see that when we call someone by his name, this awakens his very being. So too, Hashem's name of Ayah is invested in all worlds, and they are only like garments, levushim, that are nullified to him. And therefore, it is literally all one thing, meaning Hashem is completely one with the world. 
This is the meaning of Kel Oilam. As it is written on that day, Hashem will be one and His name will be one. Now the word Yihyeh will be is written twice. Yudke, Yudke. This implies that at that time, Hashem's revelation will not be in a manner of Yudke, Vavke, because the Vavke, the letter Vav is the idea of drawing down an aspect type of revelation of Hashem that is able to descend all the way down to our world without disturbing the limitations of our world. This allows that there can come into existence beings that have their own ego and sense of existence separate from Hashem. Rather, the double expression Yudke followed by Yudke is that everything, even our physical world, will express Hashem in a manner of Yudke. That below in our world, Hashem's revelation will be expressed as is expressed above in Atsilas. Now, however, it is written, mafrid aluf, that one who complains distances himself from the master. So another verse states, that one who purges his lust will be separated from Hashem. Meaning that when one places his desires in the physical pleasures of this world or in unhealthy competition with other people or in other bad character traits, God forbid, he becomes separated as Nifred from Hashem so that he cannot pursue the truth that Hashem is one and his name is one. Now it is written that Hashem, that Ya'er Panov Itanu Salantelem, Hashem will shine his face with us forever. What does this mean? idea of ha'aris panim, shining his face towards us, is like a person following analogy, a person who gives something to his true friend. He gives it graciously with goodwill and a face that is lit up from great joy and happiness. This is not the case regarding his enemy. He only gives him something like one who throws it over the back of his shoulder against his will. This is the idea of the verse, that Hashem will shine his face to you, meaning that he will give you your life from his inner will, which is called... Yarapana, the shining face, which is not the case regarding unholiness, that he gives them life like one who throws over the back of his shoulder. However, this Arispana, the shining face of Hashem, is only itanu. It's only specifically with us, meaning when we are also focused on Hashem in a way of having a shining face, i.e., when we reveal our inner will to connect to Hashem with joy, like it says in Mishlei. Uh, as water reflects the face of a person based on the face he shows so too between the heart of one man towards another man that based on the feelings he shows his friends those same feelings are reflected by to him by his friends meaning the man below is the, is Knesset Israel, the congregation of Israel which is the Jewish people as it is written in Yechezkel and you are my flock. I mean, the Jewish people are my flock, flock of my tending. You are man. The Gemara explains this to mean that you, the Jewish people, are called Adam. The heart of the man below, the Jewish people, reflects to the heart of the man, meaning the man, the one above who sits on the likeness of the throne. Regarding the Jewish people, the concept of having Ha'aris Panim, shining face, is as written in Tilm, Yismach Yisrael Ba'isov, that Israel, the Jewish people, rejoices in its creator. Just as Hashem is happy and rejoices with us, 
as we say, we say that because of your joy that you rejoice in him, Yaakov, you called him Yisrael and Yishirin. This is what we say in the uh, davening, in the before Shacharis. And this is the joy in Hashem from realizing his unlimited greatness. And at the same time, his love encloses to us. This is a comparable to someone whose face lights up from great joy and happiness. When he sees his true friend, his face shines, as mentioned above. He completely forgets about his personal problems and suffering because of his joy and delight from seeing the face of his friend. So too, when a person remembers that Hashem is his true friend and that his face is shining in happiness and delight to be above to start to be close to the person who's explained above. And he contemplates on Hashem's greatness, how he permeates all worlds. Mamali called He encompasses all worlds and everything is considered completely significant before him. He will completely forget about himself and his problems. Even if he suffers regarding his material matters, he will forget his pain because of his joy in Hashem. As it is written in Tehillim, who do I have besides Hashem in the heavens? And besides you, Hashem, I do not desire anything on earth. Meaning that he will want to nullify any desire or yearning for anything besides for his yearning for the one Hashem. Now the time to awaken this shining face of yearning for Hashem described above is on Rosh Hashanah when Hashem sits on the throne of mercy. During that time it is written, Hashem's left hand is under my head. tachas as it says in Shosharim which is the beginning of his showing his closest to us until on Yom Kippur and simplest Torah, Vimino Tuchabkeni, that his right hand embraces me. That now, during the 10 days of tshuva from Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippur, a person needs to feel embarrassed in front of Hashem. The embarrassment comes from the fact that Hashem brings us close to him, that he shines his face towards us as described above. Yet, we are very far from him, Hashem, as is as it were, because of our sins that separate from us from him, as it were, as it is written, I'm embarrassed and ashamed to lift up my face to you. My God, for our sins have increased above our heads. As written in the Zayar at the end of Parshas Bechu Koisai and the verse, and even then when they're in the land of their enemies, I Hashem will not despise or be disgusted with them the point of destroying them, heaven forfend, heaven forbid. The word l'chaloisam is written similar to the word l'chalosam because they are his bride. This is comparable to a bride who works in a market of animal hide tanners. Because the groom's great love for her, it seems to him like it is a perfume market and he enjoys visiting her in the tanner's market despite the smell. This is why we ask Hashem to forgive us, so that he shouldn't have to smell the bad smell of our tanner's market sins, so to speak, meaning that he should pour upon us pure waters to wash away that bad smell from the tanner's market of sins. The idea of these pure waters, is that they represent the Yadil Mimitzarachmim, which are also called 13 rivers of pure afarsimon oil. Um, which is a very good smell. It can cancel out even the worst smells. So to Hashem's attribute of mercy is able to wash away such a bad smell of our sins. Now, these pure waters are drawn from a level called Tamira Dechol Tamirin, which means hidden of all hidden, 
Meaning, by way of analogy, the underground source of a spring of water is not completely revealed. Only the rivers that flow from it are revealed. So to the level of Hashem's light, that is called Tamira Dechol Tamirin, hidden of all hidden, is the source from where the Yagam are drawn from. And that is why in Rosh Hashanah, Hashem is called Yoishev Al Kisei Rachmin. The one who sits on the throne of mercy, since at that time he is revealing his his desire behind all desires. Now, this idea of the desire behind all desires exists within every Jew. This is the innermost essence of the heart, which is above and precedes the faculty of logical explanation. It is called Yechida, one and only essence. This is referred to in the source Save my soul from the sword. And my chida essence from the dog to him. Hatsila mecherv nafshimiyad kela vichidasi. The dog is a metaphor for the forces of unholiness, to which to drag down the essential desire and passion of the soul into coarse physical desires, meaning to remove one's passions and desires from material matters and send to connect to Hashem with passionate yearning, so that his deep innermost desire to only connect to the one Hashem should be revealed with the call of the shofar. And this is done through the call of the shofar. They want to awaken this level that, of sleeping that exists within every Jew. Through this level of yachida, so how do we do this? And through, through the level of yachida, one brings down the yagam through each day of the sersamei tshuva, which are the rivers of pure afarsamanoel, which come from their source in Hashem's Desire behind all desires. Um, as is explained above and will be understood to the discerning. Now, these 13 attributes of mercy are also called Maim Tahoidi since they wash away the bad smell of the sins. Now, it says in the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah, the sound of the shofar was greatly extended. That was the Rosh Hashanah, uh, the shofar in the base of Mikdash in Rosh Hashanah. Now, what does it mean extending? It represents, um, in a general way, the level of Arach Anpin, which is um, one of the levels of uh, external element of Keser. So, but also literally means Arich Anpin means long face. So it's extended. Or specifically, each day in the 10 days of Tshuva, we reconnect with one of our 10 soul powers of the Shem, which are the three aspects of intellect, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, which is um, our uh, Chabad, which is, and the seven Midas, seven emotional aspects, attributes. Our sages have said, Dear Shu Hashem Bimotze, that's the Pasuk in Shaya, Kra'u Biyase Karav. So what are what does it say uh, our sages in the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah that this refers to the ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur? The meaning of when he is close is when he is expressing himself with a shining face, as explained above, which is an awakening from above. When his left hand is under my head, as explained above. That's the smiley tachos, the reishi. 
the Aminu Techab Kaini, as we were referring to earlier. At that time, it's much easier for us to have an Yusus uh, Dosata, this arousal from below. As they said, Kan Liachid. And Gemara Shoshana says, but there, during the seven, 10 days, Shem doesn't make himself easily apparent, even to Yachid, even to a private individual, as opposed to the month of Elul, which Hashem is uh, openly accessible. Now, the deeper meaning of this concept is that the love of Yachid is, connects to the love of Yachida, the essence of a Jew, enabling to do tshuva on the deepest level, as explained above. Now, at that special time of Rosh Hashanah through Kippur, all the sparks of the souls of the Jewish people receive from Hashem above a deeper level of love and fear of Hashem. Now, this is a very lofty level of love and fear of Hashem. It is impossible to achieve only with one's own efforts in Yisrus Adil Sata, from a below. As it is written, Lev Tahar Bra Leolokim, person tell him, that God, please create within me a pure heart. Now, this level of Lev Tahar cannot be attained by any created being by itself through its own awakening below. Rather, is a gift that is given from Hashem above. At that time of his shining face is explained above. However, in order to receive this gift from above, a preparation is required, which is through fasting and making oneself uncomfortable. Therefore, the custom is that during we fast part of the day, but we don't need to complete the fast. Since the purpose of these fasts is not out of obligation to fast, but rather a person be humbled so you shouldn't feel self-satisfied self-satisfied and fill his belly since a person cannot receive from above a pure heart to leave tar when he eats to his fill satiation and to his to fill himself up um his belly is full this is the meaning of what Moshe Rabbeinu said, that you have seen the great miracles that Hashem has done for you in Egypt and in the desert. Meaning, until now, you were the ones seeing through your own effort of creating an Asustosata, Rezofa However, as Moshe continued to say, Hashem has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see until this day, which means that they did not yet have the level of Lev Tahar, pure heart, that is given from above since no created being can attain this level using only its own initiative. This was the idea of eating the man, the manna, as it is written, that Hashem afflicted you and made you hungry, and he, then he fed you the man. And through the man, the manna, and through other humbling things and discomfort, they merited to receive a much higher level of love and fear of Hashem, and were able to receive the level of Lev Tahar level of pure heart. This is similar to the concept of fasting during Sersmei This is why we read the Parsha Kisavai that contains the Klolais before Shoshana. And that is the end of the Mimer, which ends. Um, so we should all have a Levtar, this uh, Shana and purify our hearts through our coming close to Hashem. Should have a wonderful day.